I love having guests in the studio, and today is no different. My friend Devin Draka, she's a rep, state representative for the area of? Uh, Northern uh, Milwaukee North Shore. So Whitefish Bay, Fox Point, Bayside, River Hills, Brown Deer, Mequon, and Thienesville. And how does the end of 2023, the almost 2024, find you? Are you in a positive mood today? I'm in a very positive mood today because we had a really exciting decision by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. All right. So the Wisconsin Supreme Court basically said, look, we need new maps. We've talked about redistricting. You and I have talked about this. We have over the years. Yes. All right. So I'm, I'll play the devil's advocate on this one. All right. Because um, generally my Republicans and conservative friends say, look, you had a chance. You're the people's maps. Those didn't work. So what are we what are we going to get out of this process? Well, just to back up a little bit. So there was a lawsuit filed uh, with the maps and uh, the Supreme Court decision said that the current maps that we have are unconstitutional. And they decided that they were unconstitutional because they're not contiguous. Now, uh, contiguity is a Connected. mouthful to say, Connected. but I used to teach third grade geometry and my third graders know uh, if something is contiguous because it's touching. And what I didn't even know until I read the, the extent of the lawsuit was that more than half of our districts have tiny little islands and not just one or two, but 15, 20 little islands that don't touch the rest of the district. Now, it says in the Wisconsin Constitution that our districts must be contiguous they must be touching. And so the court said, you are correct that these maps don't meet the standards set by the Wisconsin Constitution, and we have to do them over. I think that is a really distinct, specific question, right? So that one makes sense to me, actually. I think they should be connected. Now, I can probably, if I did the homework and I don't want to, look at other states, they probably have non-contiguous districts as well. And I've seen some of these maps, and they look crazy. I don't know that the Supreme Court has weighed on the, in on the contiguous argument yet, but it sounds like the Republicans and conservatives of the state may ask them to do that. Well, it depends on the state. So not every state says in their state constitution right. that the districts have to be contiguous. Most of them do, I believe. But Wisconsin really was an outlier. So there are instances where a district has a tiny little pocket that might not be connected. It could be disconnected by a river or it could be a... a parcel of land that was annexed. But there is no other state that more than half the districts have pockets of the district that are not connected. And that's what made it such an outlier and, and such an easy decision, in my opinion. One more question that I want to kind of ask you, like what this timeline looking forward might look, because it's an aggressive timeline. We have elections next year that this, this stuff is going to matter. Mm -hmm. uh, not just for the, the, the elections, but the, the people representing us. Big stuff and probably you as well. Yeah. So we just got the decision last week, uh, on a, late on a Friday before a, before a holiday. So in that time, the uh, justices have hired two consultants and the timeline is very tight. So remedial maps have to be filed by January 12th. So anyone who is a party in the lawsuit, not just anyone. So if you're a party in the lawsuit, you can submit a map and say, this is what we think Wisconsin's maps should look like. And then comments on those maps are due by February 2nd. And the reason we're doing this is because we, as candidates, need to get signatures in, in, on April 15th. So our maps need to be in place by then. So a lot is going to happen in a very short amount of time. So my friend Bill McCoshin, Republican strategist who's on the show every Friday, reminds me that in 1983, Democrats had all the office, all the power. Mm -hmm. They didn't create a fair maps commission that, that looked at it. They, they used their power and they created maps that, that were beneficial to them. Same thing the Republicans did years later. Why do we think that this is going to be different somehow? 
that they're going to be some newly crafted maps that make everybody happy and, and all we have is seashells and balloons because everybody's now happy. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a couple of reasons. So you know, back in the 80s, we didn't have the computing power that we do right now. True. It's much easier to gerrymander and to create a map that gives you a very specific outcome. So what we are looking for now are maps that really map it, the maps that map uh, closely what the uh, political outcome in the state. So a 50-50 state should logically have districts that skew somewhat 50-50. Granted, you're going to have you know a couple percentage points in either direction. Right now, what we have are Democrats who win just about every statewide election. Governor Evers was elected by about three percentage points. He likes to say that's a Wisconsin landslide. But we have a super supermajority Republican in the Senate and a near supermajority Republican uh, majority in the assembly. Everybody knows that that just doesn't track. And so what we need are get to get maps that are more balanced that reflect the real split in our state. How do we get maps that are more balanced and fair? Again, I'll go back to the people's map. They, they, they couldn't do it. They, they, they actually violated the Constitution and how they treated African-Americans. Well, the, if it was that easy, we'd have done it already. The People's Maps Commission was done without any funding, without any backing, and most successful redistricting commissions that have been done in another state have had bipartisan support, where Republicans and Democrats have come together and said, okay, you know, Republicans, gerrymander. Democrats, gerrymander. Let's stop this. And let's just get maps that reflect the the uh, Repub- the the political split in our state. And so every candidate has an opportunity to win a district. We want competitive districts. We're not talking about let's get a Democratic map or let's get a Republican map. We're talking about competitive districts where you have candidates that have to compete for your vote on their message, not where the lines are drawn. State Rep Deb Andraka joining us in studio here at the Avenue on Beautiful downtown Wisconsin, downtown Wisconsin, downtown Milwaukee in beautiful Wisconsin. Um, so when I'm looking at this, this aggressive timeline, trying to figure out what is going to be, the, what are the tweaks going to be? And obviously the contiguous question is something they're going to have to figure out. Um, is it possible to do it that quickly? I mean, yes, it is. can you? I mean, there are programs online. Anybody could go to a number of different websites and play around and make their own maps. And so whereas back in the 80s, it would take a while and people literally had pens and paper and you didn't have the raw data that you could run through algorithms and spit out lots of maps. Uh, today, we can make them very quickly. So I assume that you and your colleagues are starting to look and ask these questions. Like what makes sense? What kind of communication is allowed from rep to rep? From in the, inside the legislature, outside the legislature. What kind of communication is allowed as we try to craft this? Because I can remember the last time that Republicans did this, there was a lot of email conversation. There was private meetings. I would assume that's not going to happen this time, given what the response last time was? Well, for many, many years, uh, there's been a bipartisan bill that would create a redistricting commission that is nonpartisan. The Wisconsin Constitution says that the legislature must redistrict anew every 10 years and basically balance out for population. Because if you have a district that has more people than the other, uh, one district's vote matters more than the other and you're diluting the vote. So all of the districts have to have equal population. And beyond that, what we want are districts that that reflect our communities, that keep communities whole. And when you do that, you get a map that represents what people in those communities want, not the wishes of one political party or another. It's It comes down to, in some ways, the classic argument. These large, dense population centers, the people that don't like the fact that they're not being represented fairly, they say, argue that they should be over 
counted, overrepresented because we have these vast geographic areas with not many people in them. How do you how do you figure that mess out? Because Wisconsin, it's pretty clear where the Democrats live, right? It's not that confusing. In Wisconsin, Democrats tend to be not overwhelming. They tend to cluster in Milwaukee and Madison. That does not mean that there are not Democratic votes in other parts of the no. state. And there are Republican votes sure. in downtown Milwaukee Absolutely. as well. And when you draw the lines and skew them in a certain way so that no matter what happens in an election, the candidate of one political party is always going to win, you're essentially disenfranchising the voters in the other the voters of the other party. Devin Draca joining us. She's a state rep in Wisconsin, uh, the legislature. I want to ask you a question after the break. Um, we, we just had a very contentious Supreme Court race. We're going to have another one in 2025. Is there really such a thing as nonpartisan anymore? I want to get your thoughts on that because that's, that is the overwhelming question. Can we figure that part out? We're talking about redistricting. The, the decision has been made. Maps have to be redone. Fair maps, people's maps. We'll see more after this in WTMJ now. Hey, everybody. This is Max, and it's my birthday, and we're back with another joke of the week. Did you hear about the big birthday candle sale? It was a big blowout. Back to the show. Oh, happy birthday, my grandson, Max, who is now eight years old, officially Aww. today, telling his joke of the week. I actually got away from those for a while because he was he was living the life, this kid. He's got a three-week break for Christmas and New Year's. It's nice. Is that a thing now, the three weeks? I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, I can't complain. Um, our guest in studio is the state representative of the North Shore area. That's the, the way you typically describe it, right? Deb Andraka joining us. So I, I asked you the question before the break, sort of. We've seen all kinds of conversations about partisan, nonpartisan, and clearly this is a topic that I care about. I've spent a lot of my time talking about the the danger elements of partisan, hyperpartisanship. Partisanship is fine, but hyperpartisanship will destroy us as a country and as a state. So when you see the hyperpartisanship on display in like the last Supreme Court election in Wisconsin, and certainly the next one, which will take place. Uh, in 2025, even on an issue like redistricting or maps, it seems like we have this, some people have a desire to make sure that we are fair and equal and equitable and all that stuff, but we don't live in that kind of a political world anymore. So from a elected official perspective, is that even attainable anymore? Or are both, are both sides, when they have the power in their grasp, going to do everything they can to make their side win? I actually think that our unfair political maps have contributed to the hyper partisanship because when you have a, a when you have maps that skew so favorably in one party's direction and you pack all of the Democrats into a certain number of districts and you crack the rest, then you tend to win the elections on the primary. Because if you have most of the districts that you know are going to be Republican and a certain number of districts that you know are going to be Democratic and a tiny number of districts that are actually competitive, then you're going to get more extreme right and more extreme left candidates. So what we're talking about is trying to restore balance. And by balance, that is making sure that our districts represent the political split of our state. If we did that, we had competitive districts, um, whether that's through fair maps. There's also other proposals like ranked choice voting and other ways that we can get more moderate candidates to the middle. We're not deciding the election in the primary where we're deciding, you know, the, what the Republicans want, and what the Democrats want. We're restoring power to people in the middle and deciding what the voters actually want. I get that argument, but let's it depends on what race you pick. Mm-hmm. So if I pick the, for example, and I'm not taking sides in any of these races, if I take the 
Senator Tammy Baldwin race, that would indicate that in the state of Wisconsin, Democrats should have a big advantage. Or if I pick the U.S. or Wisconsin Supreme Court with Judge Janet Prosewitz, big advantage. If I pick other races, maybe Republicans have an advantage. So how do we try to align our districts with specific elections or mood of our voters when it changes from year to year? Or decade to decade. Well, that's partly because Wisconsin is such a 50-50 state. And it, when you look at statewide elections... But I just gave elections, you examples where it's not a 50-50 state. Well, and I a, gave it to the Democrats' advantage. In a statewide election, you can't gerrymander. So you're really talking about the the sheer number of I'm votes. I'm just talking about voter mood and, and what voters think about things. Yeah. I understand that those are statewide races, but that, that would suggest, from a 40,000-foot view, that maybe Democrats are, are more in the majority. But I don't know that you can go there. Um, it... If you're talking about how you're going to decide a statewide race, you're really just talking about the sheer number of votes. If you're talking about how much money is invested in races, that's a different story. There's lots of things that we can and should be doing to take the more money out of politics. We can have campaign finance reform. Uh, there, We can make sure that we're not investing so much in in certain races and you know a race for the uh state assembly like where i work has become very very expensive because there's so few number that are actually competitive and winnable because our maps are skewed so there are a number of things if we're talking about the how much we're spending on races yes that is always going to skew the political landscape on both sides so i would recommend reining that in i also recommend trying to get these maps back that align more with the mood of the people and what our communities want, because then we can start talking about, okay, let's elect candidates that you know, aren't hard right or hard left. And once they're back in the middle and more moderate, we can start to see more compromise. When I'm out talking to voters, all I hear is, can't you guys just get along? Most voters are in the middle and they want to see us compromise. But we have we keep electing voters that are in the extreme and there's a big gulf there. It's hard to, to overcome that kind of partisan gap. I made this point last week. I forgot who the guest was, but I made this point about it's almost a refusal. It goes right to what you were just saying uh, to actually figure things out at the legislative level. This desire almost to hand things off to courts, Wisconsin Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court. In some ways, that's the defining characteristic of modern legislators. It's like we can't figure it out. Send it off to the courts. Well, does that worry you? It does worry me, and that's because we have such a gulf in in, in the lack of moderate legislators. So if you don't have, you know, there, there's so little common ground, and there should be a lot more. And if we go back to why we need fair maps, and so I would argue that there are a whole host of issues that most Wisconsinites want to see us tackle. Uh, we've talked in the past about better gun laws. We've talked about uh, other issues like uh, marijuana legalization, Medicaid expansion, a whole host of issues that poll in the 70, 80 percentage points. We can't even get a public hearing on some of those issues. Why is that? Because one political party controls every bill that gets a public hearing. So if we want to see those popular issues, get a public hearing and get a vote finally, we need more people in the middle who can come together and say, okay, we'll give a little, we'll take a little, and let's do what the people of Wisconsin actually want. You won't find a bigger supporter of compromise and actual, actually getting the work done than me. But I also remember, again, going back to how I started this, when the Democrats controlled things, they they created rules, they created districts that favored them. You have you have a lot more faith in that process than I do because I, I think that the parties 
are vested in maintaining their power. I don't know how that changes, fair maps or, or not. The Wisconsin Constitution says that the legislature must redistrict anew. It does not say one political party should control the pen. And what you're seeing in state after state, we've seen it recently in Michigan, in Ohio, they're setting up commissions where they're taking that pen out of the hands of elected officials. It's very tempting for anyone who sure. is elected to just draw a circle around the voters that they Who signs think, up for less power? Nobody. It, it, I, I've not seen anyone in my term in the legislature <laughs> that signs up power. for that. And you, you know, there is a huge incentive to do that. So the legislature needs to approve the maps. So the governor needs to sign them. But we don't need one party drawing the lines because that's where it gets too tempting to take your house and draw a circle around your voters. Right, I'm going to ask you to predict the future because this timeline is very aggressive. You, you laid is. some of it out earlier. Think about it during the break. We're joined by State Rep. Deb Andraco, who's, who's been on the show many times before, actually filled in for uh, Joseph Pecky on our Political Power Hour and does very well, trust me. Um, <laughs> think about the future. What will these, I almost hate to say it, new maps look like? And maybe if you have some specifics where you, you might see some things change in the lines that are drawn, we'll discuss that after this on WTMJ Now. Little holiday music for you as we wind it up to New Year's Eve. I will be staying home for like the 20th straight year, which is the smart thing. Now, we're going out to dinner the night before, Kathy and I. That's a smart move. It is. It's easier to get reservations, actually, and usually cheaper. And a cab. (laughs) Well, the great thing is my wife doesn't drink, so easy. Always have a designated driver. Perfect. Always have one. Um, So, I asked you to predict the future. Obviously, it's just speculation. How do you think, how do you see, put your, you know, your fortune teller hat on or look into your crystal ball for of politics, new maps. What might we see in this in these changes? Well, I don't have a crystal ball, but what I hope that we see are new maps. So it'll be a sort of two tracks. So we need new maps in the short term to run on in 2024. And the Wisconsin Supreme Court said you must have those maps in place. And so they said they instructed the legislature. They said, you guys work it out. We prefer that the legislature come to agreement on what maps should look like and the governor will sign them. Then they said, if you don't do that, and personally, I I am skeptical, I am optimistic, and I invite all of my Republicans who are serious about getting fair maps and ending gerrymandering and getting districts that reflect our communities, uh, I hope we can work together. But the Supreme Court said, if you can't work it out, and it is a tight timeline, then they reserve the right to pick a map from those that are submitted to the court. So in the short term, that fixes our map right now. However, and this is a big however, we haven't fixed the redistricting problem. So every time I've run for office, I've had a new map. I won in 2020, we redistricted, I had a new map in 2022. And it wasn't because the population had a big spike up or down. It just was they moved the lines. Well, I flipped a district from Republican to Democratic in 2020. And then my district... You know, it could have stayed basically the same and they could have just you know, moved a couple people in or out. Instead, they they completely redid it. And my district, the 23rd, is actually cited in the lawsuit where they chopped the northern half out and they gave it the northern half with has more Republican voters to the 24th. And the 24th was also a 50 50 district swung 18 points in the Republican direction. So that's not least change. It's one thing to have an opinion as an elected official, but should elected officials ever have the ability to say, this is where I want the lines to be as an individual elected official? 
we can say lots of things and we can say this is a community. This is what my district should look like because it's a community of interest. This, These are the school districts. Right now, we have so many of our cities that are split in two. My district right now, one of the high schools is on the other side of the highway. I have the students, but I don't have the building. And that, that doesn't make sense. And it doesn't allow me to have good representation when you have two people who are looking after the interests of, of different school districts or different fire departments. So there is a, a, a strong argument to try to keep those kinds of communities together. However, that is very different from saying, I'm going to circle these voters and circle these voters. And I'm going to, if you look at my district, there's a big chunk taken out of it along Highland Road. And there's a country club there. Somebody wanted that in their district and not mine. Because Who doesn't want a it's a very club? straight, well, I would have too. But hey, you know, there's a, you can see that all over the state where there are certain areas and certain cities and certain even certain houses that are surgically removed. And that's not fair. State Rep, state rep Deb Andraka joining us in the studio at the Avenue. News. Um, all right. So, again, sort of a specul- speculative one. We're going to go through this quick process. Very quick. How is it, how, in, in your mind, how is it going to change the legislature? Significant Republican majorities now. What would fair maps, again, using a term that's overused, what would that do to the legislature? Uh, what I hope it would do to the legislature is make our, uh, the, the districts look like the partisan split in the state. And honestly, We hear a lot from my Republican colleagues how, oh, well, all the Democrats are clustered in the cities. And it is true that there is a slight geographic advantage to the Republican Party because more Democrats tend to be clustered in the city. It is not a supermajority advantage. It is a couple percentage points. And so what we should see is a 50-50 state that has a legislature that is is about evenly split between districts and representatives of those districts that are Republican and Democratic. That's why we never talk about, you know, we want a Republican map or the Democrats want a Democratic map. We simply want a map that reflects the the voters of this state and brings some more moderation back to the middle. Will it give us examples like we saw this year? Shared revenue, Brewer's Bill. More of that? I would hope, certainly hope so, because we have seen compromise uh, this time around, particularly for Milwaukee. And it uh, unfortunately, it took the the budget of the city and the county to go to the brink in order for us to make those kinds of deals. In the future, we should be able to compromise on issues like expanding Medicaid, on issues like background checks and things like that. Um, we should be able to do that without having some sort of issue or crisis. Uh, it should should be it's what Wisconsin Knights want and it should be the future. All right, agree to talk more down the road. Absolutely. State Always rep. happy to do it. Always happy to have you here. State Rep Deb Andraco from the North Shore